Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod where hindsight is 4040. Before we get started, let's pay some bills and hear from our presenting sponsors. Hey everybody. Welcome to episode 14 of the 4040 Vision podcast, the ultimate sports history pod brought to you by Sideline Sports. I'm your host, Colette Abdallah, and with me today is my fellow host, Osama Dahoud. What's up, man? How you doing? Hey, good, man. How's it going? Good, good, good. So we're recording today's episode on Thursday, July 28th, and today we are going to be doing a redraft of the lottery picks from the 2020 NBA draft. So we'll go through the draft or the lottery, I should say, uh, we'll tell you who went where and who we might have taken instead of, of the player that was selected with that slot. So without further ado, we can start with uh, the number one pick. So the number one pick of the 2020 NBA draft was Anthony Edwards, shooting guard, Minnesota Timberwolves out of the University of Georgia. So Sam, I'll let you go first. Yeah, that, for me, that pick's not changing. Uh, I, I, I would take Anthony Edwards, number one. He's number one on my board for the redraft. Uh, you know, after seeing him go off in this most recent playoff series against the Memphis Grizzlies, it's really all I needed to see. Uh, he, he could be streaky, but he could shoot. He could, he's elite at creating his own shot. Incredibly strong and athletic, a really good finisher at the rim, just has a lot of grit to him. Uh, he has crazy confidence, uh, you know, would love to see him, uh, contain it because you could tell he got really trigger happy against Memphis. Uh, but I, I suppose he wouldn't be who he was without that confidence, uh, solid on ball defender. I think he tends to watch off ball a bit. He gambles like we saw him lose John Morant, uh, and they lost a the game because he was ball watching a bit, but. I mean, even, these are just thing, nitpicking. He, you could tell his worth ethic is insane. He's really young. It seems like for such a young person, he has great leadership qualities already. He's very outspoken for his age. And, you know, for me, definitely the, the best player out of this draft. Yeah, I mean, you, you said just about everything <laughs> I wanted to say. But, um, yeah, he's going to be 21 before the season starts, going into his uh, uh, third year. And the expectations are through the roof. Um, we saw some of his potential being realized as they, you know, didn't make a deep run in the playoffs, but they gave the the Grizzlies a, a tough time. Um, and we did see some of the flaws and things uh, as well on display. But it, hopefully, these are things that, with time, uh, he can improve and work on. But he's everything that you want from a first round pick. You know, both from a talent perspective, from a mentality perspective, from confidence perspective. Like he's a type of dude that can change your franchise and i think uh after some of the failures that minnesota's had at the top of the draft in the lottery i think to hit this one out of the park and really get a guy that can really change the course of their franchise is uh is quite a success so i think we're pretty you know easily aligned that he's still the number one pick and even in a redraft yeah just such an exciting player um yeah it's, it's, it's number one picks aren't always in retrospect worthy of number one picks um but this guy's he's he's dynamite he's prime time yeah i think more often than not as we go through this if we do more and more of these 
uh, the number one guy is not going to stay the number one guy. So, uh, all right. So uh, next up, so with the the second overall pick, um, it was uh, to the Golden State Warriors was James Wiseman, center um, out of Memphis, uh, and I'm pretty I'm pretty confident saying that he would probably not be your number two pick in this draft. No, no, James Wiseman is not a Warriors fan, but um, definitely saw a lot from other players that were worthy of, of, of number two. You know, uh, this was close. This was close, uh, but I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball. Um, I think LaMelo is destined for stardom. He's got some gravity to his game. He's a pure natural talent. He, he played overseas and, and really just worked on his game playing um, with pros overseas just crazy court vision. You know, he has these insane magic Johnson level passes in transition. And, you know, he was given the keys to this Hornets offense and it's looked really good. Like they were really exciting crunch time team last season. I love how he can just get to his spots and and create his own shot. He's not hyper efficient, but I mean, he's not shy to shoot. He's had over 40 games with 15 plus shot attempts. Uh, there's still defensively a lot to be desired, but he's pretty big. He's six seven, six ten wingspan. Defensively, I don't see him getting significantly better, but you know, with the right personnel, I think he'll hold up fine. Uh, but if he was drafted the Warriors, this would have been a really fun Golden State team. Yeah, I mean, he probably would have fitted pretty easily. Maybe not from a culture perspective. <laughs> That's the only concern. Uh, so I. Actually, I did not have Lamelo going number two. I did. I, this was really close. Like he said, I, I agonized over this choice. Um, but I have some concerns about Lamelo. Just some of the things you, you talked about: his inefficiency. He likes to jack up shots. Um, some maturity concerns. You know, I think he has superstar potential. We've seen him. The dude makes highlight plays. He makes crazy passes seem routine. But I just, I like in the back of my mind, I'm like, is this a dude? does he have the right mentality to be like a winning player in the NBA? You know, I mean, he's still a kid. He's, he's a baby. You know, we talked about Anthony Edwards being uh, 21. I think LaMelo is the same age. Uh, so obviously he'll mature as he grows, but is it going to be enough to make up for, you know, kind of his lackadaisical attitude on defense kind of, maybe it's just a culture thing. Maybe if he's in a winning culture that all this would change, but I mean, generally you don't, go you don't end up on a winning culture team if you go number two overall so um i actually had tyrese halliburton as my number two pick um he's kind of i mean he's not much better than Lamelo defensively but i think the maturity the playmaking uh the scoring the efficiency i think he's the type of dude that you can really build a team around maybe he's not making the splash plays but he's making the winning plays um and some of the the back end numbers you know, corroborate that. Like if you look at the win shares in this, um, from this class, he has the most win shares of 10 and 10.5. Um, that's almost two points more or two, two win shares more than LaMelo. And he has not been on very good teams. He's been on a, a bad Sacramento team and an Indiana team that was actively tanking. Um, so yeah, I just, I think it was really close. Don't get me wrong, but I have Tyrese just, just like a smidge ahead of LaMelo at number two. And I think be a great fit with the Warriors uh, at the number two spot. Yeah, that would have been also an excellent choice for 
for the Warriors, uh, given that, you know, James Wiseman, who we'll get to later, um, didn't play as much. But yeah, yeah. Well, who, who went number three? Uh, so in number three, it was LaMelo Ball to the Charlotte Hornets. So uh, in my draft, he would have still ended up <laughs> number three with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, so who did, who, who did you have going number three? Yeah, so we just... With LaMelo off the board. Yeah, we picked, we flipped these ones. I went with Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, you touched on a lot of great stuff. He's just hell of a talent. Went really low um, in this draft, but he was, he's just been so, so fun to watch. He was the King's crunch time guy in his rookie year, uh, which was cool. He could run an offense pretty efficiently. He scores efficiently in the sack. He averaged 15, four and seven on 46, 41, 84 splits, 59% true shooting. He's shown a lot of improvement too in his in his game, mid-range pull-ups, step, step back threes. Uh, you know, on the flip side, watching his shooting form, it makes him a little harder for him to get his shot off quickly, maybe a little more difficult to shoot over longer defenders. Uh, it was close with LaMelo, um, but, you know, now he's in Indiana. I think uh, we'll want to see how efficient he is when his usage rate goes up because that's definitely going to be the case given what they gave up for him. Uh, nonetheless, Excellent player. Uh, this was close with Lamelo. This would have been, you know, an, an awesome fit in Charlotte as well. Yeah, I think it just depends on what you are banking more on, like the superstar potential of Lamelo or the kind of steady hand um, of Halliburton. So I think it's more of like, are you betting on a higher ceiling or a higher floor? Um, and I think Halliburton has the higher floor than, than Lamelo. I want the, the the behind the back passes and the YouTube highlights and the Bluetooth <laughs> report notifications. Lamelo fire emoji, right? fire emoji, <laughs> exploding head emoji. Boom! boom Lamelo yeah, almost yeah. made that instead of like you know some other highlight that should have went up that night. It's like Halliburton's highlights are all like chess passes and you know, the fundamentals, all that. Uh, all right, so. Uh, we'll move on to the fourth overall pick. So in the actual draft, uh, the Chicago Bulls picked fourth overall, and they picked uh, small forward Patrick Williams out of Florida State. So who did you have with the fourth overall pick? Yeah, Patrick Williams. I remember when he was drafted, that was peculiar to say the least. Uh, I'm taking Tyrese Maxey here, point guard, plays for Philly now. And um, I, I, t- I took him here because of his youth. Uh, very young player has showed a high floor this season. He had a breakout year with Ben Simmons, not playing. He can create his own shot. He's got a nice floater game. He's a good finisher at the rim. He's improving as a playmaker. He looked great with Joel Embiid playing in the pick and roll, pick and pop. He's going to have some gravity to him. Uh, Consistency might be a question, but with young players like this, showing this much promise this early, uh, really like him. At the fourth spot, Chicago ended up getting uh, um, the other ball. What's his name? Damn it. Uh, Lonzo. Lonzo Ball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he, he's been he's been good for them. Uh, Maxie's shown to be pretty durable. This would have been a good fit in Chicago. So I had uh, a different pick, actually. Uh, this was another close, super close one, um, especially. Uh, I love Tyrese Maxie. I love what he's done in Philadelphia, filling that void. Uh, left behind by by Ben Simmons, um, but I gave the slight edge to uh, Desmond Bain um, over Tyrese Maxey. So Desmond Bain um, was actually uh, the 
I think last pick of the first round. Um, and I've just, I was so impressed with him uh, during these playoffs. Um, he's shown that he can be a winning player in the playoffs. Um, he was, I think arguably Memphis, the second best player after jaw, the dude can shoot the lights out of the ball. He's a career 43% uh, shooter from three. Uh, Tyrese Maxey's not too far behind. Uh, he's just under 40%, but I think that that edge uh, and also the size that he brings dudes huge. He can guard, you know, just about anybody. I think he was hampered a little bit by a back injury. I think it was in the, in the playoffs this year. Um, but I think he's due for like a real breakout year. Uh, and I think he's going to be special. So I, I had Desmond Bain going forth to the bulls. Yeah. Uh, excellent pick. All right. So uh, fifth overall move on to uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So they had the fifth overall pick and they picked Isaac Okoro out of Auburn. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Who's been okay. Uh, but yeah, who did you have with the fifth overall pick? Yeah, we flipped this one. I took yep. Desmond Bain. <laughs> Pick me at number 30, huh? <laughs> Do you feel in charge? Um, oh, and we forgot to mention Maxi went 21st to Philly. So this is a big jump for him from 21st to, to third or fourth or fifth, depending on who you're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're asking me about it, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Spoiler alert. Yeah, yeah, Desmond Bain. I think he only went as low as he did because of his age, right? He was like 23, 24 already when he was yeah, he's, drafted. He's, he's old, quote unquote, for uh for basketball. Yeah, yeah he, for basketball. Yeah. Um, but he showed he's strong as hell. Um, he could shoot the lights out, dead eye shooter, even contested three feet, four feet behind the line. He could shoot from anywhere. Um, yeah, I was also very impressed with him defensively. Moves his feet well. He's very strong, hard to get by. Was crucial to Memphis's defensive efficiency when John Morant was out. He did very well leading the team. He does look like Bobby Bacala from The Sopranos. Uh, if he went on a diet, uh, there's that. He's got that going for him. But um, yeah, Desmond Bain, awesome player. Uh, I don't know if there's a player like him on the Cavs now that shoots like that. I, I hope I'm not overlooking anybody over 40%. The way he does, uh, but he, yeah, this would have been a great pick, and everyone absolutely. I get, I get going with age, and you and I are definitely taking some players in this draft a little higher, like Maxi because of age. Um, but Desmond Bain should have went a lot higher than he did. Yeah, Maxi's like a full, almost three years younger than him. Um, I think he may be more versatile offensively, but I think for me, the the difference maker was Bain's size. Um, and just how great of a shooter he is. I mean, he was 43% his rookie year and he shot three more threes a game in his uh, sophomore season and kept that percentage. So um, yeah, he's probably one of the best shooters in the league. Uh, yeah. For my fifth pick, I had Tyrese Maxey. Um, I know they like to double up on point guards in Cleveland. <laughs> so, uh, but I think this would have been a good pick for them. Um, he's shown, no fear in the playoffs, just like Bain. I mean, even as a rookie, uh, not last season, but the year before, uh, when Ben Simmons was doing his disappearing act against Atlanta, Maxi stepped up. The moment was too big for him, but um, there's no fear in this guy. Uh, so he's just another Kentucky guy that's just balling out in, in the NBA. Your precious armory, we will need it. Sorry. All right. <laughs> that's enough Bain impressions for today. All right. Uh, so, 
The next pick is the uh, sixth overall pick, and that is for the Atlanta Hawks. They picked Onyeka Okongwu from the University of Southern California. So who did you have going sixth overall? I took Onyeka Okongwu at number six. Um, uh, I, at first, you know, I saw the pick and didn't know who he was when he was drafted. Uh, and he sat out most of his rookie year uh, because of, I think, a foot injury. If I'm not mistaken, I might have that wrong. But he was injured most of his rookie year. Uh, and they said, you know, when you got the next Anthony Davis, which is, you know, a little pretty, pretty, pretty high praise, uh, you got to take your time and let him recover. And, you know, he, he came on at the end of the year. He played like a rookie uh, last season. Um, my God, like an insane defensive potential. He is a complete eraser at the basket. He moves his feet very well for his size. Uh, I, I get that he was behind Clint Capella, who was very serviceable, playing uh, alongside Trey Young. Um, this kid could play. And for Atlanta to go from Clint Capella to Onyeka Okongwu is um, a hell of an upgrade, uh, given that Capella was serviceable as a protector at the rim himself. Uh, this was a good pick. Uh, I, I don't know if you took him at all um, in, in the lottery. Uh, but for me, very young, um, th this kid's going to be on an all defensive team one day. He, I actually did not have him um, in my redraft uh, spoiler alert, I guess, but uh, I, I mean, I, I see the defense potential. I think I was more concerned maybe about the injuries uh, than you were. Um, he's played less than a hundred games in two seasons. Uh, so, I mean, after a third year that could definitely change my mind, uh, but I just, I didn't have him on my board. Uh, so I actually had them taking uh, Sadiq Bey uh, instead. Um, so I feel like all of the moves that they made to get uh, DeJounte Murray, I feel like Sadiq Bey could have fit that bill instead. Uh, maybe he's not the same ball handler uh, that Murray is, but he can play in that backcourt and does provide some of that defensive, um, you know, and, and some of that size in that backcourt that uh, Murray is ostensibly going to provide next to, uh, to Trey young. So uh, I've been impressed with what Bay has been doing in Detroit. I know it's hard to play well and shine on a team that's like actively trying to lose. Um, but I think this season, now that they have Jaden Ivy, I think uh, he's really going to shine in Detroit. And I think he would have been doing the same in, in Atlanta. Okay. And next up with the uh, seventh overall pick, the Detroit Pistons selected Killian Haynes out of, ratio farm <laughs> from germany uh i don't want to miss i don't want to butcher that pronunciation uh but yeah killian hayes uh seventh overall uh who did you have with the seventh overall pick yeah i took sadiq bay uh who also went to the pistons i believe right uh right yeah no, he went right. to the the pistons with the 19th overall pick so oh, another, okay. I don't know another decent I, jump for him. okay i don't know why i overdrafted him uh there it's uh, underdrafted so yeah sadiq bay Loved him uh, last year. Can really get hot as a scorer. He scored 51 in a game. Uh, he's a young wing, which is great. Um, that's hard to come by. Uh, strong rebounder. He's not wasn't very efficient so far. I think with time, he will get more efficient. Um, and you, you touched on the, the youth that the Pistons have. Um, yeah, super impressed uh, with, with him and the young core they have. So Sadiq Bey. Um, another kid who went, went too low, excellent pick. 
Yeah, and with the seventh pick, um, with Sadiq Bay off the board, um, I have uh, Cole Anthony uh, going to Detroit. So Cole Anthony was picked 15th by Orlando, um, and I think he's been one of the better players, period, uh, from this draft. Um, he's a pretty good scorer. Uh, I think he's seventh overall in points in this uh, this draft. Uh, not a great free, uh, three-point shooter. Um, he needs to work on his efficiency overall. Uh, but I am uh, encouraged by some of the things we've seen. Again, it's hard to shine on a bad team. So similar to Bay on Detroit, Cole Anthony's struggled a bit in Orlando, but uh, I definitely have high hopes for him. He's still on the younger side. He's only 22 uh, going into his third year in the league, and he's improved in every category um, uh, offensively. So I have him going uh, to, again, to the Detroit Pistons. Okay. All right. And then now the uh, eighth overall pick. So uh, the New York Knicks selected power forward OB Toppin out of Dayton um, with the uh, eighth overall pick. So who did you have going eighth overall? Yeah, I picked Cole Anthony here. Uh, point guard plays for the Magic now. Um, I think that Cole Anthony is from New York. I think his dad is also um, a socially active person in New York. Um, so this actually would have been a great fit. This is the point guard the Knicks should have drafted in 2020. Yeah, his dad is, is a former Nick, Greg Anthony. Right. Okay. Yeah. He played um, for the Knicks uh, from 91 to 95. Right, right, right. I don't know why I passed on, over, overlooked that. Um, <laughs> you don't remember yeah, so, him coming out in the, in the Tims for the dunk contest? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Let's remove that from his resume because that was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Well, the dunk contest in general. Uh, yeah, that was a rough one. But yeah. Um, I mean, if they were going to pass on Tyrese Halliburton, who everyone here in the lottery did, um, Cole Anthony would have been a good pick for them. Uh, just young, explosive player. Um, he's really inefficient right now, but he's just so raw still. Uh, he does have a lot of duds. He, it, he's on a bad team, though. They, they've added a lot of talent over the years. He's kind of, I don't know if Jalen Suggs is complimentary to him, which is kind of... Uh, I don't know if that's played a part in his production. Um, you know, it, the, the thing is, it, if the kid doesn't improve over the next couple of years, he won't be a starter, um, but he has the potential to be. I think playing for the Knicks would have given him um, more exposure and opportunity, and I don't think they would have drafted another point guard, potential starting guard so quickly. Um, no pun intended there. Yeah, and this would have basically not would have allowed them to not have to pay Jalen Brunson what 120 million dollars, uh, because us you know they would have their starting point guard next to uh, R.J. Barrett. Um, so I'm not saying that Anthony is as good a player as Brunson, but uh, I think this definitely would have changed the calculus for them over the next couple of years, and it would have given them you know pretty good point guard to build on. Um, so that's a, that's a good pick, but. Uh, so for me, I had uh, the Knicks taking Isaiah Stewart. Um, so Isaiah Stewart um, went to uh, Detroit with the 16th overall pick. Um, the guy is just a rebounding monster. Um, he leads this class uh, with uh, total rebounds uh, by almost 200 plus rebounds. <laughs> so uh, he's been durable. Uh, and I think that he just brings a toughness and a defensive presence that, um, 
not that they've necessarily been missing completely because they do have Mitchell Robinson, you know, the, the foul King, him and uh, um, what's the guy's name from Memphis? I'm Jaron Jackson, Jr. Jaron Jackson, the foul Kings. But um, I think he gives them some versatility uh, on that front line. Um, and I think he would have been a good uh, complimentary player. I, I did waffle a little bit about having them still take Obi Toppin because I think he will fit their style now that they can kind of run and gun a little bit more. Uh, with Brunson and Barrett in that backcourt. But uh, I think Stewart's rebounding um, and the fact that he's played so many games um, and so many minutes uh, gives him the slight edge to me over Obi Toppin. All right. So uh, with the ninth overall pick, we're starting to get to the uh, back half of the lottery here. Uh, the Washington Wizards selected Denny Avija of Dija. Hmm. <laughs> struggle with his last name hmm. uh, from Maccabi Tel Aviv uh, ninth overall um, who's not been so hot uh, so who did you have with the ninth overall pick I did not have Danny something Avija uh, I have James Wiseman going at number nine to Washington I know he went to the Warriors at, at number two uh, you know I thought about where to put him here because he hasn't played as much as these other guys and thought about putting him at 14, but I thought that was disingenuous because he has shown a lot of raw talent. He didn't give us much of a sample size in college, only playing three games. But coming to the pros, he was asked to start on a really weird Warriors team that had like Kelly Oubre and Ken Bazemore. And that was all over the place um, without Clay Thompson playing, who had just torn his ACL. Uh, or was it, it ruptured his Achilles a month or so uh, before the draft, give or take. So he gets plays on Christmas Day, opening day, uh, for a team with, you know, championship aspirations. And it was a, asking a lot for him, to say the least. Uh, but I think that, you know, after getting, before he got hurt, he showed some flashes of finishing at the rim, offensive rebounding ability. It's pretty good in the pick and roll. Um, I have more to say about him. I don't want to say everything. Um, do you want to talk about him or should I unload the clip here? Um, I will just say I, I had him going uh, ninth as well to the Wizards. Um, I'll let you, you I'll let you cook. But I think just one point is I think even with the fact that he kind of redshirted his first two years, essentially, I think the Wizards would still gamble on his potential and his upside. Um, you know, if they're looking ahead, you know, two, three years from now, with a, a combo of, you know, two man game of Bradley Beal and James Wiseman. I think that's a pretty formidable combo. Um, if Wiseman becomes, you know, anything close to what we think he could be. So, um, but yeah, I'll let you cook on, on Wiseman here. Yeah. So I think, you know, um, the, the other part of it was you can tell he wants to try a lot of things. Um, he's very eager to, um, to show off his other skill sets that he's a, a shooter he's um uh he can pick and pop things like that he's like really eager to, to show some of that stuff and i think that the warriors were very careful with with that type of thing they wanted him to let's let's just use you as a rim runner play in the post and it was kind of weird because they were juggling that back and forth it didn't seem like they really were entirely sure um how to use him so yeah, that, it was it was a weird right? fit. Like they would start him a few games and then have him come off the bench. It was just 
just awkward in general. They did bring in an assistant coach to develop him. Jama Malela, I think is, uh, is his name. I don't want to get that wrong. Who ended up playing a big part in Kevon Looney's development this year. Uh, was brought on for Wiseman, ended up benefiting Looney pretty significantly. And I think in the couple of summer league games we saw Wiseman in so far, uh, you can see that they are trying to use him in the post. He's trying to play in the post. It looked good running to the rim when those guards in summer league gave him the ball. Um, so, yeah, incredibly young player, uh, a lot of raw talent. Potential is still unknown, but um, with young centers like this, the way centers are playing these days, he's a huge kid. Um, there, there's still a potential there. Uh, nine is fair, given what we've seen so far. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like we said, you, you gamble on potential, especially in the, in the kind of back half of the lottery. Um, so that, that that's a fair pick. All right. Big Jim. <laughs> Big Jim, the worst nickname in sports. Uh, hopefully that doesn't stick. That's not his real nickname. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Uh, so uh, next up, the 10th overall pick, we have the Phoenix Suns, uh, the man that in one of my group chats is affectionately referred to as Goggles. Um, the Suns selected power forward slash center Jalen Smith out of Maryland. Um, so who did you have going 10th? I didn't have Jalen Smith. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have Isaiah Stewart, um, who I think you, you took at, at number eight to Detroit. Um, yeah, I did. So Isaiah Stewart in Phoenix, it's interesting because the way Dwayne Casey used him in Detroit was kind of like a big almost, but he looked a little undersized playing at center. Uh, good offensive rebounder. You said he was a rebounding monster. I, I second that. Uh, for a rookie, he's, I don't know if he, where he sits in the top 10. He gets in foul trouble like hell uh, for, you know, his playing time. But he does play well in pick and roll. Um, he looked good uh, in, 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 small, in small doses. Uh, the team might try and play him more in the post uh, and maybe utilize some of his passing uh, since they have so many dynamic players um, on the Pistons. It would have been an interesting fit with the Suns because they have Aiton, uh, who plays a power forward for the, the Suns right now. Uh, Jay Crowder, I believe. Jay Crowder. So, I mean, yeah. Jay Crowder, undersized for... This would have been interesting next to Aiton, um, given that, you know, the rebounding ability. Aiton's an okay re rebounder uh, for his size. This would have been interesting. Um, yeah, I think this, he's, he's a good player. He's a good lottery player. Yeah, and I, I think it would have been a good fit in Phoenix um, because some of the reasons that you stated, I mean, they, they've been looking for backup bigs. I mean, they at some point they were ruling out Bismack Biombo. Um, oh. so, <laughs> so that shows you. I mean, they've been, they were probably hoping that Jalen Smith could be, you know, that, that front court mate with, with Aiton or the backup to Aiton um, or, you know, even better than Aiton, but uh, they just, it, it didn't work out. I don't think he's on the team anymore. They didn't extend him. Uh, they didn't extend, I think his third year option. So I think he's a free agent at this point. So obviously that pick did not work out. Um, and I think Isaiah, Isaiah Stewart ticks some of those boxes. He would have been a good guy off the bench, uh, you know, just an energy guy, a rebounder, um, and he does solve some of those size issues that you have if you're rolling out, you know, Jay Crowder as your starting power forward. So um, I think that would have been a good pick. So I actually had um, Emmanuel Quick Quickly uh, going 10th overall to the Suns. Um, obviously, one of their deficiencies has been at the backup point guard position. 
they had Cameron Payne out there, which is not a, a recipe for success. Uh, and uh, you know, my buddies and I always talk about, well, they always talk about, I should say, they beat this horse to death that the Suns should have taken Tyrese Halliburton. And they probably would have won a championship if they had taken Tyrese Halliburton uh, because he went 12th <laughs> overall. So he was still on the board at this point. Uh, but I think uh, quickly does provide, you know, a, a good option as a backup to Chris Paul. Maybe he's the future uh, after the Chris Paul uh, eventual retirement because he's getting close to 40 years old. Um, so, yeah, I, I would have gone with with quickly. And I think he would have been a nice fit there uh, as uh, that, that backup point guard. I took him a little later. I'll get to him later down the road, just in a little bit. Yep. Yep. All right. So next up uh, with the 11th overall pick, we have the San Antonio Spurs. They selected uh, shooting guard Devin Vassell out of Florida state. So who did you have going uh, 11th overall? You know, I thought about Vassell. I just, there's a lot of guys that were selected in this draft that, showed a lot of potential. So I, I just couldn't put him in here. I left him out. I get why they took him, but I'm not going to talk about him. Uh, I took Patrick Williams. Uh, Patrick Williams went to the Bulls, as we know, really high. He went really, really high. And I don't Overall. recall if he started for his own team in college. Um, I think that was the, the knock on him was that he, had, he wasn't a starter in college, if I remember correctly. I think it was one of those guys that, oh, the Spurs took him, so he must be good. Um, well, that's, that's, <laughs> oh, I'm talking about Patrick Williams. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Patrick Williams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> With Devin Vassell. <laughs> um, yeah. Patrick Williams. Uh, you know, he's shown flashes of a high floor. Bulls fans are, you know, hopeful that uh, they can find consistency in him. It seems like, I don't know what his off the court struggles are. A friend of mine was telling me that these, he's got a lot going on. Um, with some confidence and, and, and so I don't know if it's dramatic or what the case may be, but he was a little bit distracted, uh, but dif- he is disciplined defensively. He moves his feet. Well, he's strong. He's got a wide wingspan. Um, he's got a lot of potential. I think that with DeMar DeRozan on the team, who I think is a great vet to have for, especially for these kinds of things like uh, mental health and uh, getting your mind right and, and how to be a pro. He's in a good yeah, situation. He's been right? Super outspoken about that stuff. So. Yeah, it's, that's kind of the first name that's brought up, right? Kevin Love, Demar Derozan, about the mental health portion of being an athlete, and uh, he—if if this is the case with Patrick Williams, he's in a good spot for it, um, because I think you know y- you watch him. I wanted to maybe talk a little basketball, but he likes to in the mid-range a lot. Likes to come off of screens um, in the pick and roll um, and, and take mid-range jumpers. That's fine um, if he can expand his range. Um, the Bulls could really use that. And so if you were to go to the Spurs, the Spurs are known for having this incredible development staff that also would have been a really good fit given where he went. This seems a little bit more reasonable from what we've seen, um, but he does he, he, he does have a high potential. But from what we've seen so far, this is a good spot for him, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think this is a fair spot. Um, Bulls fans will tell you that he's like the the next coming of Dennis Rodman or something with his <laughs> de- defensive ability. So um, I think he, he would have been a good fit with San Antonio. Just about anybody is a good fit with San Antonio, like you said, because of that, that developmental staff, I think they would have made him a better offensive player. Uh, but I think that the floor that he comes with of, of just being a good to great defense, 
defender, I think is, is enough reason to, um, to take him uh, in, in the lottery, especially again, in the back half of the lottery. So um, I did not have Patrick Williams going to the Spurs. I had uh, Obi Toppin uh, going to the Spurs. Um, he's a, a bit older than some of these other guys, which I think does not scare the Spurs uh, away. Um, he's one of these guys that we have some unrealized potential just because uh, he's been playing behind uh, Julius Randle. So he hasn't started very many games. I think only 10 so far in his career. Uh, I'm hoping to see more from him this season with uh, you know, true point guard being able to unlock some of his abilities. Uh, but I still think he has a lot of potential. He's a crazy athlete. Um, and I think if anybody could maximize that potential, it would be the Spurs. So I think um, Obi Toppin would be uh, going here to the, to the Spurs with the 11th overall pick. All right. So we're getting down to uh, the last three picks of the lottery. So the 12th overall pick, the Sacramento Kings selected uh, point guard Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa State. So in our draft, he would be gone uh, before the third or by the third overall pick. Uh, but with uh, Halliburton not on the board anymore, who would you have had the Kings pick uh, with the, the 13th overall pick? Or Man, sorry, 12th overall pick. It's shocking to say this. Like, the Kings pick Tyrese Halliburton. <laughs> we have him going, like, top three. <laughs> like just a, a, just and he's a, not on the team anymore. Yeah, and they traded a, him away. <laughs> a genuinely competent pick, and they traded him away uh, for uh, Sabonis. So... Um, yeah, I, like I would have taken. I like Sabonis a lot, but yeah, that's that's a topic for another another. Sure, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they took this guy in the lottery and then they they traded him away, and he was you know a, he was a really good player for them, but it looks like they just wanted to go in another direction. Uh, I have Obi Toppin going to the Kings. I know he went to the Knicks. You put him on the Spurs, which is cool. Uh, you know what? I feel I feel for Obi Toppin because he's he's an explosive player, right? Like I remember when Stephen A was shown at the draft. He was just like, every draft he's lamenting what the Knicks do, but he was just kind of like topping his showtime. We needed a point guard. Um, so I think he's right about that. Uh, he's, he's a high flyer. He was in the dunk contest. He had a hell of a moment during the playoffs um, with an alley-oop. He's an energy guy. Like the, the power forward's a weird position in the league right now. Like DeMar DeRozan played at power forward at points last year. Um, you know, Draymond Green, like bigger guys play at power forward genuinely, but they can stretch the floor. I shouldn't use Draymond Green as an example for this, but like, you know, not for stretching the floor. They, they call them stretch fours now. Uh, so I think if he continues to play at four, I don't know if he could be a starter. It's kind of hard. He might just be a bench guy. I think he would, based on his abilities, unless he can expand his game further down, he, he should play center. I think uh, I know the Knicks have Mitchell Robinson at center. Is that right? Yeah. And they just signed uh, Isaiah Hartenstein as a backup who uh, also plays center. So yeah, I don't, I don't think they see him <laughs> in the future as a center. Yeah. I just, at this position, I don't see him starting. Uh, if Randall's going to get paid that much and they took him in the lottery, uh, that's tough. I, I think that um, on Sacramento, they have Sabonis now. I think Rashawn Holmes is playing center for them. That would have been interesting competition, to say the least. Um, we know who he is. So, yeah, I, I, I just I like him uh, 
playing as a, playing as a big more than a, than a than a four playing at center. But good player. Um, Kings would not have been a great destination for him. I think he fits like the hype for New York fans. It is fun to see them get excited about him. That's such a cool arena when they do get Liddy over there. Um, yeah, that's that's my Obi Toppin two cents. I, th- I think he could have been fun in Sacramento. Uh, I mean, the same way that Rashawn Holmes is is fun to watch with with De'Aaron Fox. I mean, kind of that run and gun style, which is what what I think Toppin um, excels at. So I, th- I think you touched on a couple things. You said he's probably not a starter um which i think is fair just he's he's more of old school power forward can't really stretch the floor he's shown a willingness to shoot threes he's not great at it um so he does have some limitations to his game offensively i think if the knicks do eventually move julius randall i think obviously then he'll become a starter because i don't think you're going to start mitchell robinson and isaiah hardenstein um so we may get to see more of top end which i think the Knicks should give us a look or should have a, have a good look at him because he's coming up on his third year. We, we need to know, is this guy for real? Is he, you know, is he who he is now? It's just energy guy, dunker, you know, rim runner, whatever it is, or is there more to him that we just haven't seen? Because again, he, they haven't had a true point guard. Um, So I'm really curious to see what, what ends up happening with him. Um, so I had the Kings taking Patrick Williams. So we get another flip-flop here uh, for us uh, for all the reasons that you mentioned, um, you know, his, his defensive ability, his athleticism. Um, I think the, the Kings would get a lot of shit for picking him, <laughs> which is, uh, you know, because of the things you talked about, about him not starting in college, uh, some of the injury issues that he's had. Um, so the Kings would have got killed for picking him. I know. Right. It's, it's just, it's just what, what, what bad organizations do. Um, but I think he would have been, you know, similar to what we talked about top and being able to give there with some energy and athleticism. I think um, he would be able to do the same. Um, you have a pretty athletic front court with him and uh, Rashawn Holmes. Uh, so I think it'd be fun. Um, and if they did end up still getting Sabonis in this alternate universe, um, I think he'd be a good backup um, as a defensive big. So uh, I'm good with that. All right. Uh, so the 13th overall pick, uh, the New Orleans Pelicans selected Kira Lewis Jr., point guard out of Alabama. So who did you have going 13th overall? Who's that? Who's Kira Lewis Jr.? <laughs> that answers your question. Who is Kira uh, Lewis Jr.? <laughs> <laughs> I saw guard. the name and I was like, I don't recall seeing that name play in a basketball game. That's probably my ignorance. Don't watch enough Pelicans games, but it just didn't ring a bell. Uh, I took Precious Achua, uh, who went to Miami, right? Um, yep, he went to Miami. Uh, traded to the ra- the Rockets, the Raptors. Yeah, as part of the Kyle Lowry deal. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, Precious Achua um, really moves his feet well. He can guard, you know, I saw him moves his feet well guarding Giannis. He guarded Luka Doncic. Like, that says a lot that he's um, a really good defender. Um, he's a good rebounder. He's strong. He's clumsy. He gets into foul trouble a lot. Um, I think if he can clean that up and and at the rim too, for a guy who's good at rebounding, he's not a good finisher around the rim. If he can improve that, maybe he has a chance at being like a really high level um, bench guy. He's a bench guy now. I don't know if he starts for Toronto, um, but because of that, I think finishing ability at the rim, that's not quite there yet. Um, he's more so a guy that you put in for 
um, for defense, offensive rebounding, um, but he's not exactly going to light up the scoreboard. Yeah, I think at, at this point of the lottery, um, you're good with getting a rotation guy. Um, so I had uh, the, the uh, Pelicans selecting uh, Precious Achua as well with this 13th pick. Um, yeah, I don't think he's a, a starter long-term. If he's your starting power forward, you're probably in some trouble, but he can play some small ball center. Um, not, mu- not much of a shooter, can't stretch the floor, but he is a good rebounder. Um, and, I mean, to quote Bill Simmons, he always talks about this, like, is he a playoff guy? Um, and he proved he was a playoff guy. He did play uh, pretty well in the um, uh, six games that he played this year with, with Toronto against Philly, put up a good fight. I mean, he was trying to guard Joel Embiid, so uh, not many people can do that in the league, and, and he did a pretty decent job of it. Um, so, yeah, I think at this point you're happy to get a guy that you can count on for you know, 15, 20 minutes a game um, in the playoffs, which is, I think, exactly what he can give you. So, yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a good player, good rotation player, and that like, like we said, that's about all you can ask for. We All were right. on a pick. It's been a, been a several picks. Uh, what, yeah, it was Wiseman <laughs> and Anthony Edwards were those only two we agreed on. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, variety is the spice of life. Uh, all right. Uh, okay, the last pick of the 2020 uh, NBA lottery, uh, the Boston Celtics, uh, with a pick from the Memphis Grizzlies, selected small forward Aaron Neesmith, Neesmith out of Vanderbilt who I think played zero minutes in the last, uh, in the 2022 NBA finals. So <laughs> who did you have going 14th overall uh, to the Boston Celtics via the Memphis Grizzlies? I took Emmanuel quickly. Um, did not take Aaron Neesmith. Uh, don't know where I would have drafted him, but Emmanuel quickly. Uh, it went, he went, he went a little lower than this, right? He, he wasn't initially in the lottery either. Uh, quickly. Yeah. Or was he in he the lottery? He was, um, Man, why I lost this? Um, how did I lose this pick? Give me one second. I will find it. We'll fill a bus. Well, well I'll fill a bus before. <laughs> uh, he went twenty so. fifth uh, overall to the. Uh, well, he's picked by the Thunder, but uh, you know, to the Knicks. So twenty fifth that, overall. That's my bad. I made you chase sir. No, no, we didn't. Uh, I did okay. not mention it. So good, good, uh, good thing to bring up because it is important to give context that he went from 25th overall to 14th overall 14th and our should have been official no, I'm kidding. but yeah so <laughs> I, yeah emmanuel quickly got a lot of playing time when derrick rose got hurt um he had some moments in the playoffs when the knicks made their return to the playoffs against atlanta uh he looked pretty good um he i think so far he looks like a backup point guard he went as low as he did for uh, a reason, but I think he's a little bit better than than that. I, I think going to the Celtics would have actually been pretty good. They missed um, having an extra playmaker or point guard. That's why they had to trade for one in, in Brogdon. Uh, quickly would have been pretty good in the postseason for them. I think that he's very streaky. Uh, he's not a, not a good defender for his size. He gets picked on a lot because of that. He gets targeted. Um, I think in New York, they just need I would say someone else to run the off, like better offensive strategy than you shoot yourself out of a slump uh, for a bench guy to, to asking him to shoot himself out of a slump is crazy. Don't agree very much with, with what Tom Thibodeau is doing over there. Um, but he's a very serviceable backup point guard. Yeah. And uh, I had him going 10th overall to the sun. So I think, I think uh, 
a little bit higher of him than you do. Uh, but for the same reasons that he would have been a good fit in Phoenix, um, he would be a good fit in Boston as well. Like you said, um, they were missing that other ball handler, the other playmaker, uh, somebody that can actually dribble <laughs> on their team. Uh, so, yeah, Marcus Smart wouldn't be too happy about it. But, I mean, the the Celtics went out and got Malcolm Brogdon this year or this summer because they they recognized that as an, a weakness in their um, uh, in, on their team. So that's a solid pick. Uh, so I had, uh, because obviously quickly is not on the board anymore. This was a tough pick. There's a couple guys. I mean, this is obviously the last pick of the lottery. Uh, some other dudes like Peyton Pritchard, uh, Onyeka Kongu, who you had going, uh, I think eighth to Atlanta. I did not have so seventh, whatever it might sixth. be. Sixth. Wow. Even higher. Don't disrespect <laughs> Okongwu. <laughs> so I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't have Okongwu. So I ended up, uh, kind of a joke, but I mean, you saw when Minnesota traded like 100 picks for Rudy Gobert, um, they made sure Woj pointed out that they were excited about keeping Jaden McDaniels. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I wondered what's what's the big deal with Jaden McDaniels? I mean, and the thing is, the guy has like prototypical size. Um, you know, he's he's 6'9", he can shoot. Uh, you know, he I think he's going to have a bigger offensive load on this team. Um you know, now that they have this weird team with, with two centers. Um, so he might get to, he's probably going to play, you know, he's going to be the backup uh, cat at the four um, or maybe even play a little small forward on this team. Uh, he didn't shoot incredibly well in the regular season. He shot pretty well in the playoffs. He was over 50%. Or he was at 50% from three um, in a small sample size, but um, he's another guy that's, that's really young. Um, he's going to be 22 before the season starts. Uh, but Supposedly he's just, you know, oozing with potential. Um, so uh, that's my gamble here is I think instead of taking somebody like Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, who's small and, you know, we know is not a big playoff guy or Onyeka Kongu, who to me seems like a one-dimensional type player. Um, I'm going to roll the dice and take Jaden McDaniels uh, 14th overall, which I think is a Celtics thing to do, right? They gamble on some potential. Yeah, I I think it's, I think it's, he's an interesting player. Um, he's only 21 years old, so I mean the the sky's the limit for him. Uh, he shot the ball well. Um, I remember him having some moments in that ridiculous Memphis series where it looked like no one deserved to be on the court at times. It was like watching a scrimmage or something like that. Just where they were just taking turns giving the ball back to each other. Um, but you he's know, taking is, turns going going down by 20. Or I think Minnesota was up 20, like four times during that series. <laughs> <laughs> and down 20. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, he he's a good weak side rim protector. Um, he'll have a good career in the NBA, I think. Just if you can just sometimes in the NBA, it's that simple. If someone needs you to help on the weak side and you're there, like that's enough sometimes to keep a job in basketball. Uh, so, I mean, this is a good pick. Um I think the only person we switched out between our two lists was Okongwu, who I valued on defense um, a lot. Uh, but this is this is a good pick. I, I think out of the bunch that got drafted, the idea of taking a flyer on him makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, especially at this point in the draft. I mean, you're hoping for either a rotation guy or you're gambling on somebody with, with major upside, um, which I think mcdaniels has all right so that is uh the redraft 
of the 2020 NBA draft. Um, so I'll go ahead. I'll just do a quick recap of mine. Uh, I'll let you do a quick recap of yours and we'll wrap up. So uh, I had Anthony Edwards going number one. Number two was Tyrese Halliburton to the Warriors. Three, LaMelo Ball to the Hornets. Uh, four, Desmond Bain to the Bulls. Tyrese Maxey at number five to the Cavaliers. Uh, number six, Sadiq Bay to Atlanta. Uh, number seven, Cole Anthony to the Detroit Pistons. Number eight, Isaiah Stewart to the New York Knicks. Number nine, Big Jim, James Wiseman to the Washington Wizards. Uh, number 10, Emmanuel Quickly uh, to the Phoenix Suns. Number 11, Obi Toppin to the San Antonio Spurs. Number 12, Patrick Williams to the Kings. Number 13, Precious Achua to the New Orleans Pelicans. And number 14, Jaden McDaniels to the Boston Celtics via the Memphis Grizzlies. Cool. I'll run down mine real quick. I should have gotten more nicknames for everybody. Next redraft we do, I'll make sure to have everybody's nickname. We got to spice it up. Have you seen some of the ones on uh, 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 Basketball Reference? I should I should have pulled them up uh, in advance. No, I didn't see them. Some of them, I'm like, where did these even come from? Apparently, Rashawn Holmes, his nickname is Dunkman. Oh. I've heard that one before. When I was looking up Isaiah Stewart, I thought I saw Isaiah Beef Stewart which is uh, that might have been a joke i don't know because of beef stew but no i I think his nickname is indeed uh well again according to basketball reference beef stew (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's the dude is sick he's listed as 68250 so that's pretty beefy Uh, so (laughs) it makes sense go ahead all right number one yeah ant-man anthony edwards two lamello ball i'll make up a nickname for him mellow uh tyrese halliburton um no no more nicknames uh, Tyrese Maxey, Desmond Bain, Onyeko Kongu, Sadiq Bey, Cole Anthony, James Wiseman, Isaiah Stewart, Patrick Williams, Obi Toppin, Precious Ochua, and Emmanuel Quickly. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. Let us know, are we completely out of our minds? Did we uh, you know, get some of these right? Who would you have picked? Uh, would you have made any changes, let's say, even in the top five? Uh, we seem to have made quite a bit of changes, guys moving up from, you know, the, the low 20s or the 30s, even uh, all the way up to the top five. So just shows you what a gamble the uh, the NBA draft is or any draft, really. Um, so we plan to do, you know, much more of these for the, the NFL, probably do top 10, top 15. Um, so we're not going you know, seven rounds deep in the NFL. Uh, and we'll keep doing some NBA ones um, with a focus, of course, on the lottery, because, you know, after... 10, 15 picks, it gets a little, little dicey on some of these guys who probably end up, you know, in the G league or in Europe or something like that. So um, yeah. So thanks for tuning in. Appreciate you guys checking us out. Uh, Make sure to check, to follow us on all social platforms uh, at 4040 vision pod on Instagram, Twitter, check us out on Spotify, Apple podcasts. Uh, Sam, man, thanks for your time today, dude. No, this was fun. Looking forward to doing another one soon.